When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and answered them as best I could with stories I picked up along the way and things I've learned. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast. We're going to talk about time today a little bit and the the business of heaven. Um, Our reading from Revelation is uh, one of those like there's seven plagues, there's seven angels, there's smoke, uh, song of Moses, a lot of stuff thrown in this vision. Uh, but hopefully you'll hear a message of hope because that's the whole point of the book of Revelation. So you hear a message of hope. So if you don't, if you don't hear that in this podcast, reach out to me and I'll give you a personal message of hope today. Runnermonk at gmail.com usually works or um through the app, the Anchor app, or through Twitter, DVD Peters, or Instagram. I think I'm David W. Peters on Instagram. But um, yeah, reach out if you need a more personal message of hope today. Peace, love, blessings. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you for reading um, this very dramatic scene from the book of Revelation. Um, All of you got that answer correct. Is it Revelations or Revelation? And you all got it correct. It's just one revelation. And it's the revelation of Jesus. That's the name of the book. Revelation means to reveal something. Because it's the title of this book, the word revelation has taken on all sorts of meaning that originally it didn't have, that somehow uh, we are talking about the end of the world. Whereas uh, when revelation was written, a lot of revelation is meant for the world that the readers were living in. Meant it, The author of the book tells us, John tells us, that these are the things that have been, that are now, and the things that will come, uh, past, the present, and the future. Revelation seems to encapsulate all of human history in one big moment, which is where God lives. God does not live in the past. He's not. He's the God of the living, not the God of the dead, uh, Jesus says. And not the God of the future either, although God certainly is the future and in the future. God is in the moment, in the present, in the unbounded now. The nowness of life is the part of life that we actually live in. It's pretty hard to live in that part of life. We are drawn nostalgically to the past where regrets live and pester us or sometimes discourage us. Or we're drawn to the future with dreams of things getting better or nightmares of things getting worse. And that is its own battle as human beings. However, we live in this present with God. God lives in the present with us. Process theology may not be something that you think about a lot or hear about a lot in churches or in your day-to-day life, but it's an idea that um, that God is not somehow looking down on the parade of time, kind of like if you're on a tall building 
and you're watching a parade in the street below, you can see the beginning of the parade, you can see the end of the parade, the middle of the parade, and God is sort of doing that, looking down from the tall building on the parade. Um, but God is in the parade with us. God is marching through time with us at the same rate that we are marching in time. I think this is the message of the incarnation, if nothing else, that Jesus entered time, that God entered time and was limited by time in the same way that we're limited by time, that God moved through time at 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, just like you and I move through that time. And to know that God is with us in time means that when we glimpse behind the curtain, which the book of Revelation is, we are seeing something completely different when it comes to time, the way time works for us. We're seeing in this little snippet that Melanie read, we're going all the way back to Moses and the tabernacle that Moses pitched there with Aaron and the Levites and all the others. They made a tent of meeting, a place to meet God in the wilderness. It was a a building you could take down and put up at a moment's notice. It was a big tent. It was made from some sort of animal skin, uh, a word that might mean dolphin. Um, hard to know what the animal was that uh, was made, the, the skins of that built that tabernacle was made out of. But like most of the tents of that time period, animal skins were a common uh, way to make a tent, which is goes back in time even further to that first garment that God made for Adam and Eve out of the skin of an animal, a life for a life. Um, this is the way God shelters us from the elements in the clothing that God makes for us out of these animals that were sacrificed and then the tabernacle, which is also a, a covering for us. And in this tabernacle, we see in this futuristic vision Behind the curtain of, of time, uh, we see the same tabernacle there, the temple of the tent of witness there. Um, this tabernacle eventually became the temple that was in Jerusalem, and yet it never lost its tabernacle-like feel in its destruction and then rebuilding and then destruction again. Um, we can see that temporary nature of everything, even those buildings made of stone, are temporary. They're just like the tabernacle. And so in this, in this temple that harks back to Moses, harks back to Adam and Eve, and also is very much in the present and even in our future as well, the ongoing worship of God goes on. This is the business of heaven. This is the work of heaven. And whenever you worship God at church, on your own, uh, you are participating in that business of heaven. When the smoke in that last part, it says the smoke of the glory of God fills the temple. And in that temple are these seven plagues and seven angels. It refers to them twice, seven angels with seven plagues. Um, and they have seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God. Now, when we see the word bowl, we think of mixing bowl, but um, people drank out of bowls back then. So this is really a cup. Uh, we'd call it a cup today. I don't know why they always translate it bowls, maybe to make it sound bigger, more ominous somehow. Uh, but these are the cups of uh, 
God's wrath that is being poured out on the earth. Jesus said, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is the, the cup that he was talking about. Uh, this is the wrath of God poured out on the earth. Jesus drinks this cup of the wrath of God. Um, not that God was punishing his son in some sort of divine child abuse situation. Um, this is often how the, the incarnation and story of salvation is caricatured or mocked maybe. But in reality, um, all of the, the horrible things that have been done on this earth, all the traumas, all the betrayals, all the, all the ways that people have hurt each other on small scales and big scales, um, has all been gathered into these cups, these seven bowls of judgment, these seven cups of wrath, and they're being poured out. And Jesus, here in the middle of all this, is the lamb who absorbs this into his body on the cross. And so the, the, as we go into this temple, which is full of plagues, something we have experienced firsthand, um, what it means to live in a plague, um, that is another part that comes up in Revelation a lot, very timely for people today in this global pandemic. But we see that, um, we see that this is part of the worship of heaven, even the judgment of God is part of the worship of heaven. The worship of God in heaven is not just all sweetness and light, not all just harps and rainbows and all sorts of pleasantries, um, but real justice is done in this courtroom, this temple, this throne room of heaven. And it's justice done on behalf of the people that are suffering, the people in the parade that God has become one of, the people that have been slighted, the people that have been uh, used and misused, the people that have been abandoned and forsaken, the people that have suffered on this planet, and even to some degree, you and me, um, this is what is done in the throne room of heaven. God is working on your behalf today in the throne room of heaven. God is working here on this earth on your behalf today because God is with us in this life. God is with us on this earth through the Holy Spirit that fills every single one of us, through the Son of God who died for us, and through the Father who lives in heaven and rules over all creation, and to whom we give our worship and adoration, our thanksgiving and praise, now and forevermore. Amen. The Song of Mary, Magnificat. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imaginations of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
his most dear son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through the same thy son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And a prayer for mission on 58. Lord Jesus Christ, who did stretch out thine arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of thy saving embrace. So clothe us in thy spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know thee to the knowledge and love of thee, for the honor of thy name. Amen.